Many of you who have been in the Eastbourne kitchen have seen the picture on the wall of the Oxford University track team from 1933. And the reason, and I often ask this, but the reason that it's there is that if you look on the middle row, far left side, Mr. Charlie is sitting there, Charles F. Stanwood. And he was on that team. He's on the middle row because he was one of the victors in the Oxford-Cambridge track meet. At that time, one of the most prestigious and challenging meets in the world. And Mr. Charlie was the first member of either university to win three events in that track meet. Uh, and Abrahams, the, the guy that many of you may remember from Chariots of Fire, who was the person who was being eulogized at the beginning and the end of the movie, called Mr. Charlie the finest athlete ever to be in those games. And if you go down along the line, maybe about three or four people away from Mr. Charlie, there's somebody named Jack Lovelock. And Jack Lovelock, at the time, was one of the best milers in the world. And Mr. Charlie, it always brings me back to a story he used to tell in this chapel talk, which is on the subject of friendship. And he talks about Jack Lovelock before the Princeton meet, when Oxford was going to play, was going to run against Princeton. Jack Lovelock was going to be challenging another of the best milers in the world. And there was a lot of speculation that a world record would be set. But the morning of the meet, nobody could find Jack Lovelock. They couldn't figure out what had happened to him. And he showed up late because he had stayed up all night taking care of a friend who was sick. And the topic of the talk is friendship. And many of us will remember the passage from Ecclesiasticus that's up on the plaque in Mem Hall that remembers past trustees who have died. And in it, the, the longer part of the passage says, a faithful friend is a strong defense, and he that hath found such an one hath found a treasure. A faithful friend is the medicine of life. A faithful friend is the medicine of life. Quite literally with Jack Lovelock, it was the medicine of life. That friendship helped his sick friend get through his illness. Now, Mr. Charlie often paused at this point and said, I know everybody's wondering, well, what happened in the track meet? And what happened was Jack Lovelock, in fact, set a world record and won that mile competition. As we review, if you think back on the last three chapel talks, the first one, was about opportunity and responsibility, having the courage 
to go after our opportunities, especially things we've never done before, and the opportunity to put courage in each other, to encourage each other. The second talk about kindness and thoughtfulness and consideration, doing unto others as we would have them do unto us. And finally, truth and honesty. All those relate to the topic of friendship. All of them are critical. And when we talk about friendship traditionally at Pasquani, we're not talking about acquaintances. We're talking about the people to whom we feel we can open our souls. Talking about the people that bring out and encourage our best. And with this sort of friendship, we're lucky to have just two or three in our lives. Think that we all intuitively feel that desire and that need of friendship and the importance of it. Also, the energy that comes from friendship. We feel the desire to be part of the vine, to be part of the community. And when we go to a new place, usually the critical question is, will I make friends there? Will people like me? So if we, got, if we feel like this is such an important thing, what do you think the benefits of a friend are? How, in what way is it a medicine of life? <laughs> Rabbit? Always there to support you when you're feeling down. DJ? Having somebody to lean on, someone to talk to. Henry? Somebody to encourage you. RJ? Someone you have trust in. Somebody you trust. Porter? Somebody who can make you laugh. And very often those two things go together. If you trust somebody, you're probably going to be more likely to relax with them and be able to laugh with them. Chase? Somebody you can have fun with. Somebody you can have fun with. Oliver? Somebody you can be like Somebody who can help and support you? Charlie? Somebody who knows you well. Somebody who knows you well. Jack. Somebody who can call you out when you're wrong. Think about those things. And I think if you think about those things, the laughter, the friendship, the support, the encouragement, the, the helping to set you onto the right track, we can understand why people with strong friendships actually live longer. That recent studies have shown people with strong friends live longer. So it quite literally, as a stress relief, is a medicine of life. And we think about the release we feel after a good talk with a friend. Something's on our minds. We may not have even come to a conclusion, but we somehow, having talked through with somebody else, we feel some relief. Francis Bacon had a great essay about friendship. 
And in it, he talks about friends as a way of avoiding the suffocation of the heart. And he said, again, echoing what you all have said, a friend doubleth joys and cutteth griefs in half. A principal fruit of friendship is the ease and discharge of the swellings of the heart. And no receipt openeth the heart, but a true friend to whom you may impart griefs, joys, fears, hopes, suspicions, counsels, and whatsoever lieth upon the heart to oppress it. Those that lack friends to open themselves unto are cannibals of their own hearts. Are cannibals of their own hearts. Also, we've talked about traditionally at Pasquani in terms of friendships, the, the opportunity of having older friends. About 15 or 20 years ago, there was a study that found that people who succeeded despite poverty and per personal challenges that should have predicted failure, the study showed that the most important determiner of success was that those people were good at finding mentors and found one adult, one older friend who believed in them. And because we have such a wide variety of, uh, of ages, uh, of experiences here, there are many, many opportunities for that kind of friendship too. Abraham Lincoln said, I destroy my enemies by making them my friends. So if having friends is so important, it's such a medicine, how do I make them? Valid? To have a friend, be one. To have a friend, be one. Emerson's primary lesson, to have a friend, be one. DJ? Spending time with them, letting letting the experiences together grow. Rabbit. Integrity, being honest. Integrity, being honest with that person. Henry. Being kind. Again, the, all these things that we've talked about already. Do unto others as you'd have others do unto you. Cute. Talk with them. Have that. Establish that communication. Henry. Be yourself, and that's one of the, another trait of a good friend. He allows us to be ourselves and to be relaxed with him. To have a friend, be one. A person who is good, is a good friend to others, is a magnet for friends. Somebody who's a good listener, again, coming back to what Henry was saying, talking somebody who talks to you the listening element Dale Carnegie has a famous quotation uh, and he said that a person makes more friends in two weeks by being interested in others than he would make in two years trying to make someone else interested in him okay a person makes more friends in two weeks by being interested in others than he would in two years trying to make someone else interested in him. Asking about the other person. What is the person interested in? 
what are, what are the challenges? Sometimes trying to be a friend, we feel helpless though. If somebody is just unburdening themselves to us, we feel, oh boy, what am I gonna say to this? I have no idea what to do here. But very often what the person is looking for, as much as advice and maybe more, is just a chance to throw out his thoughts on the table and to talk it through with you. And just to have somebody else know what he's going through. It's not necessarily asking, if, if you've got wisdom and advice, great, but not necessarily required. I'm just skimming here because you've already hit many of the things that I was gonna say. Also, a friend is a good defense. Somebody who will who'll have your back, who will speak up for you uh, when we're faced with, by the unthinking mob, when we're under attack unjustifiably. A good friend also allows solitude and other friendships. A good friend is not exclusive, lets you go off and have some peace by yourself if you need it, doesn't withdraw a friendship if you're hanging out with somebody else, but gives you that freedom to pursue your own interests. It's also good to think about what a friend is not. It's not somebody who tries to be powerful over us and restrict us. It's not somebody who intimidates us or intimidates us into doing things we really don't think we should do. In his excellent book on friendship, which I recommend to everybody, The Friendship Factor, Alan McGinnis has a test for ourselves to see if we fall into some sort of controlling behavior. And he said, ask yourself these questions. Do we usually end up going to the movie or restaurant that I prefer? Do I enjoy correcting the factual errors in other people's conversations? Do I use humor to put down my friends? Do I have to know more about a topic than others to feel comfortable discussing it? And I'll add a couple. Uh, do I mock others for doing what they believe to be right? Do I dominate and control the conversation? talk about myself endlessly. A faithful friend is the medicine of life. Beware the false friend who demands our loyalty over our commitment to what is right. Beware the person who discourages our involvement or our activity. They may only be trying to make themselves feel better. Someone once told me that the difference between a good summer that he'd had and a bad summer was the friends he'd chosen. That when he had surrounded himself with good, encouraging friends, he had a great summer. And I was thinking about the passage that Taylor read today. I choose you. We choose who we're going to be friends with by being friends to them. And that difference there in the, in the reading not servants, servants implies control, but friends. Friends 
And Christ in, in that passage talks about understanding, that friends understand why we do things. They understand the reasons. They aren't just responding to commands. If we find friends, they are rare and wonderful. Keep them strong by continuing to talk, as Henry was saying. Talk and communicate. So we've spent this chapel discussion sowing the thoughts to reap the acts of friendship. And so let's think about that as we pass through the heart of our season together. Let's reap acts of friendship. Let's have friends by being friends. <laughs> Let's draw each other to our best, to the vine, to strengthen each other and the vine itself. Let's make our community even stronger. Let's be a treasure for each other. And let's be the medicine of life.